And his presence in our church changes everything for us for the better. I invite you to read along or listen along as I read our text for for the morning. It's from Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and waves obey him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we've gathered here, chosen to be here to worship you. And right now we gather around your word, eager to hear from you, eager to hear that word that you have to say to us today. Today, Lord Jesus, will you give us that word of comfort? Will you give us that word of challenge? Give us that word of hope. And may the words of my mouth and all the meditations and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. May they motivate us to action. And all of this for your glory. And we pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In our text today, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is calling his disciples out onto a new journey. And he offers that invitation with a simple phrase. Let's cross over to the other side. It's a call to discipleship. Once again, Jesus is saying to those disciples, and he's saying to us, follow me. Jesus has been working and teaching and healing on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. You know, the Sea of Galilee is actually a lake, but they call it Sea of Galilee, northern part of Israel. Jesus has been working on the western side of of the Sea of Galilee. It is the familiar side. It is the Jewish side. But the work of Jesus has to continue. The gospel needs to continue to go forth even though the work on the western side has been satisfying, it's time to cross over and do more risky, more dangerous, more unfamiliar work. And so they cross over to the other side into Gentile territory, territory that is unknown, territory that is 
untested territory that is very unfamiliar. Let's cross over to the other side. So the disciples launch off with Jesus in their boats on the Sea of Galilee, and as they are out on the Sea of Galilee, they run into a storm. Violent storms are well known on that lake. Storms, violent storms, sometimes come up, and they are so violent, so dangerous, that waves begin to pour into the boat, and boats are in danger of sinking. When this happens at night, it's even more frightening. We know that some of Jesus' disciples, these closest group of 12, were experienced fishermen. They knew about fishing on the Sea of Galilee. They knew about storms, but this storm was so violent that it had them terrified. When our kids were little, Lindsay and Daniel, we rented a boat, uh, a sailboat, to sail out on Mission Bay in San Diego. I had never sailed before. And I thought, how hard can this be? You know, I've, I've seen people sail on TV. You know, so this has got to be easy. Hang on. I just thought, little sea, little boat, little family, this can't be a problem. Let me tell you, it's not that easy, right? So we get out in this little boat, we sh shove off into to Mission Bay, and everything is going really well most of the time until we try to get back to the dock. And I couldn't get back to the dock. You know, I, I'd get close and kind of get close, and then all of a sudden something would happen, I'd kind of whisk back out. You know, and so it was frustrating, sometimes frightening. You know, I got these two little kids, I got this wife, and, and there's, you know, daddy, daddy, you know. The good news is we got back. We're here, we're alive. The interesting news is that my children, to this day, now grown up, you'd think they'd be over it, they still will not go out in a boat with me. Any type of boat. <laughs> we know how scary waves can be. We've taken those boats across the channel to Catalina, and sometimes that is just a frightening, sea-sickening experience. We've stood at the beach at Zuma and watched these waves come up onto the shore, and sometimes that itself is very frightening. Verse 37, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Do you catch what's going on here? Jesus is sleeping. Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. Let's cross over to the unfamiliar Gentile territory. We have gospel work to do over there. And so the disciples, in obedience, they get out onto the sea, and they get caught up in this terrible storm, a storm that threatens their life. And Jesus, the one who commanded them to go across to the other side, is sleeping in the back of the boat on a pillow. 
the disciples wake him up, shouting, terrified. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And then the text tells us that Jesus rises up, and, and, and the way the, the Greek word kind of states it is Jesus is standing up to his full stature, not just waking up, but standing up to his full stature. And he see the, sees the winds he, and, and the waves, and he commands and he rebukes the wind and the waves. Silence. Be still. And the wind settles down, and there is a great calm. And Jesus asked, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? We can imagine the disciples wide-eyed, relieved that they are safe, Frightened and confused, uncertain of what to do, uncertain of what just happened. The wind and the waves obey him. Their fear of the storm has now turned into a fear and an awe of Jesus. Who is this person? He is more than a man. We get a sense here, almost a glimpse of Jesus as the creator God. The creator God who at the very beginning, as the spirit of God, hovers over the water, hovers over the chaos. This Jesus who rises up to his full stature, sees wind, sees waves, sees chaos, sees uncertainty, and says, as our Lord, silence, be still. Trust, and there was a great calm. Two and a half thoughts, two and a half thoughts that I want to share with you this morning as we look at this passage. First thought, thought 1.0. We are always people on mission. We are always people on mission. Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to us, let us go to the other side of the lake. The gospel cannot be contained. The gospel cannot stay in its nice, safe, familiar places. The gospel always has to extend out to other places. The word keeps pressing us forward. Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors, pastor, translator of the message, describes church this way, describes us this way. Church is an appointed gathering of named people in particular places who practice a life of resurrection in a world in which death gets the biggest headlines. Again, church, see me covenant church is an appointed gathering of named people in a particular place who practice a life of resurrection in a world in which death gets the biggest headlines. We have good news, good news to share. We're always on mission. A boat 
has been a symbol of the church from its earliest days. Like the more familiar fish symbol, the boat was also kind of an undercover symbol for early Christians who were suffering persecution that there were other believers in that place, that this was a safe place to be, that this was a gathering of people who followed Jesus. The church has been and always will be a storm-tossed boat with a cross for a mast. The first readers of this gospel of Mark was a Christian, were a Christian community. This book was, is not just a story about different events in the life of Jesus. This book, the gospel of Mark, is a manual for discipleship and for mission. The first readers of this gospel of Mark would have caught the message. The good news of Jesus is not just for the Jews. The good news of Jesus is also for Gentiles. Followers of Jesus must get out of the boat. They must go to the other side. They must leave what is familiar and go to what is unfamiliar. The gospel is always extending. Paul says, Apostle Paul in Galatians 3, he says, In Christ there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female. There is this bridging. There are no barriers. We are continuing to love each other and extend each other, to be kind to people, to love people, even if they are different from us, even if it's hard and difficult to love them sometimes. Because we're church. We are people who practice resurrection, who practice unity, who practice peace, even in a world in where, where death and division and hate and bigotry get the biggest headlines. Paul said in Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of all, first the Jews and also the Gentiles, and slave and free, and male and female. Christians, people in the Jesus boat, are those who believe that Jesus is alive and that he makes all things new, and he draws people together and then live out that belief every day in their life. We get into the boat, even if the message is not going to be well received, even if there are persecutions, even if there are storms. We get into the boat, even though stepping into that boat, out on mission with Jesus, is risky or hard or challenging. We get beyond the walls of the church because we have good news to share. We are to be loving people. We are to be kind people to each other in this name place with particular people and also out in our world. We are in a boat. It's meant for sailing. It's not meant for the safety of the shore or the dock. We are in the boat working. It's not a cruise ship. We don't sit back waiting to be served or entertained by the crew. 
we work together and we care for each other and we support each other and we encourage each other and we forgive each other and we hang in there with each other. Each one of us doing our part on the mission. Here's thought 1.5. We are people in this Jesus boat together here at Simi Covenant Church. At one level, it is just pure sociology. We are just gathering together in this space. We call ourselves part of Simi Covenant Church, but there is something more going on here. There's something more that is going on here than at a bowling club or a gardening club or rotary or a softball team. We gather here together in Jesus' name, and Jesus promises that when two or three of us gather together in his name, he is present here with us in his resurrection-transforming power. When we gather here around the word and baptism in the table, Jesus meets us. When we fellowship with each other in Jesus' name, something happens here. Jesus is in our midst. So we worship and we witness together, and Jesus is present. It's not always easy to be church. It is easy to be church when we just think about some kind of universal lofty church, but when we think about church as us, church is hard sometimes, because church is a mystery. The very fact that when we gather together, Jesus is present with us. That is a wonder. But church is also messy because church has people like us here. Like Cletha. <laughs> week after week after week, it's us. But that's a call on our life because we are a Jesus boat together. We are we are one in Christ, and we belong to him, and we belong to each other. Here's how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 4. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. We are the body of Christ. We are the Jesus boat locally right here. We are a Jesus boat with all of the wonder of what that is to be resurrection people. And we are this Jesus boat that is completely messy. We share our lives with each other. We are family. This is Jesus' church. And it always has been. Simi Covenant Church has been a good church for over 50 years, and it has a great future. Simi Covenant Church began with a vision 
to share the good news of Jesus with this tiny little sleepy town called Simi Valley. We as a church today are much different from the church of the 1960s, but our vision and our mission has never changed. Wonderful and faithful people have attended and been committed parts of this church for nearly 50 years. We are grateful for the lay people who have given of themselves in service and ministry and leadership over all of those years. We rejoice as we remember the staff members, the preschool directors, the teachers, the office workers who have served this church for five decades. And we thank God for those who have served as pastors of this church, pastors who you have loved and who have loved you in return. First pastor, the planting pastor, Alton Peterson, was here from 1963 to 1970. Chet Larson was pastor here from 1970 to 1977. David Smith was pastor here from 1978 to 1983. Interim pastors, Brian Jeffrey Leach, Marie Wiebe, me, and then Worth Hodgins were all here in this transition period from 1983 to 1985. I was pastor here from 1985 to 2003 before I left to join the faculty at Fuller Seminary. 18 years as pastor, 18 wonderful, crazy years. I'm kind of like that cat that you throw out in the desert, you know, who keeps making his way back home. Bruce Bruns, pastor from 2003 to 2010. Transitional pastor Fred Carter from 2010 to 2011. Mark Omley, pastor from 2011 to 2014. Transitional pastor Ross Brown from 2014 to 2016. Chad McDaniel was here from 2016 to 2018. And now we're searching for a pastor again. See Me Covenant is a good church. It's always been a good church. And Christy and I have known that for nearly 40 years. For those 40 years, almost, I started when I was six. <laughs> for those 40 years, I have loved this church, prayed for this church, been proud of this church, ached, ached for this church sometimes, but always have had amazing hope for this church. Churches go through seasons. Churches always go through seasons. What I do now, and what I've been doing for the past 15 years or so, is I'm on faculty at Fuller Seminary, and, and I teach the master's level and the doctoral level, level what it means to be a pastor. Or, here's what I did at Simi Covenant Church. If you just don't do this, you will be fine. And I run a 
program called the Doctor of Ministry degree. I spend my days, every day, talking and listening to pastors and, and pastors-to-be as they share about the joys and the struggles of ministry. Church is not always easy. Sometimes church is tough. It is a wonder, it is a mystery, and it's also messy. Churches are more like a garden than they are a machine. Churches have times of growth and harvest, and churches also have very tough times. For us at Simi Covenant, we are in a tough season. It's felt like we've been in a boat, and a storm has come up, and Jesus is in the back of the boat sleeping. But Jesus has been very present all along the way, in calm waters and in storms. This is the Lord's church. It always has been and it always will be. Through times of growth and harvest and when the ground is fallow. And we continue to trust and to be faithful and we do it together. In 1991, I was pastor of a church here, and I was working on my own doctor of ministry degree, and I wrote our, my dissertation on you, on Simi Covenant Church. And the title of my dissertation was Bright Tomorrows, Revitalizing Simi Covenant Church. And that description in my dissertation title still holds true today bright tomorrows. That's who we are. Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 1, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That's true for the church in Philippi. That's true for Simi Covenant Church. The Celtic monk Missionaries of Iceland, of, of Ireland and Britain during the 5th and 6th century would enter out into what they would call the white martyrdom. They would get into these little boats that they made of wood and oxhide, and they would get in these boats, break out through the surf in Britain and Ireland, and they would go wherever the waves and the currents would take them. And wherever they then landed on shore again, they would share the good news of Jesus and find converts and start churches. St. Brendan was one of those Celtic monks, missionaries in the 5th century. He set off in his little boat, broke through the waves in Ireland, and landed up in Newfoundland. He heard the Lord say, let us cross over to the other side, wherever that might be, whatever the cost might be, and in that setting out, in his white martyrdom, he landed up in Newfoundland and shared the good news. <clears throat> he trusted the Lord, no matter what the cost, no matter what that meant for him. And this is his prayer. 
It's on the back of your bulletin. It's a prayer for our lives. It's a prayer for our church. St. Brendan wrote, Help me to journey beyond the familiar and into the unknown. Give me the faith to leave old ways and break fresh ground for you. Christ of the mysteries, I trust you to be stronger than each storm within me. I will trust you in the darkness and know that my times, even now, are in your hand. Tune my spirit to the music of heaven and somehow make my obedience count for you. Jesus is calling every congregation. Jesus is calling Simi Covenant Church. Jesus is calling us to step out into mission, to cross over to the other side, and to make our obedience count for him. That's point one and point 1.5. We're a people on mission, and we're on mission together. Now, last thought, 2.0. This story here in Mark chapter 4 reminds us that in the midst of the storm, Jesus is always present with us. The wind is blowing. There's gale force winds. The waves beat against your life, and you are afraid that you're going to drown. Health issues, financial issues, emotional issues, relational issues, things going on at work, things going on at school. With the psalmist in Psalm 69, we pray, save me, God, I'm about to drown. I am sinking deep in the mud, and my feet are slipping. I'm about to be swept over by a mighty flood. I am worn out from crying and my throat is dry. I have waited for you till my eyes are blurred. Sometimes we feel just like that in the midst of the storm. Whatever storm you're facing today, whether you are lonely or sad or afraid or mad or confused or lost, the Lord is with you even though it seems like he's sleeping in the back of the boat. Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's the good news. That's the good news. That is the promise to us. Your boat, your life our church sometimes takes on water. It feels like it's more than we can handle. Oh God, thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. But you are not alone. Jesus is in the boat. And we trust. 
Jesus says, quiet, be still, and there is peace. And we can cling to that today. So, we are people of Jesus who get into the Jesus boat. Even when there's storms, even when there might be storms, Jesus is present in our church, present in our families, present in your life, and that brings peace. Jesus calls us to cross over to the other side. He says, follow me, and you do. Why? Because Jesus is in the boat. You sense the press of God upon your life. You sense that you're supposed to be living for him in new ways, in your family, at work, in our church, in your neighborhood, at your school, and you do what the Lord says you're supposed to do. Why? Because Jesus is in the boat. You cross over to the other side of the lake, and sometimes storms will rage. And you'll be afraid, and you'll feel all alone, and maybe you will doubt. But it's okay, because underneath it all, you know that Jesus is in the boat. The way forward for you, the way forward for us as a church might feel uncomfortable and risky and uncertain, but we follow the Lord and we follow the Lord together, trusting him, worshiping him, because Jesus is in the boat. We are his church. CB Covenant, for a long time, in the past, a long time into the future, we are Jesus' church. And we are a Jesus boat. And we cling to each other no matter what. Because we know that Jesus is in the boat. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, once again, we give ourselves to you. We are grateful for the heritage, the, the legacy, the history of this congregation. We're grateful for the people, for leaders, lay pastors who have served here and worked hard here and been loved here and have loved this congregation for decades. We hear your call upon our lives, even in the midst of the storms. And we ask that you will bless us and that you will continue to do your good work in this congregation, in our little Jesus boat here. 
And Lord Jesus, for the issues that are going on in our lives right now, for the storms that we are facing in our lives, will you come and be present and comforting to us? The waves seem horrifying, terrifying. But we know that you are with us, that you are our Lord, that you are our Savior, that you are not absent but very much present. Will you bring your peace into our lives? Calm the wind and the waves. Lord Jesus, we are your people, and we give ourselves to you anew right now this day. Bless us. Bless our church. May we never forget that you are in the boat. And that changes everything for your glory and for your honor, Lord Jesus. Amen.